family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. Hello, hello. Uh, this is Joseph uh, from Kenya. Um, I want to say that um, I'm really, really happy. I just happened a few weeks ago to meet your video and uh, where you said something like, there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a self-employed. My, my, my. It triggered my heart. I never knew I've been working. I've been in business for the last six months and I can tell you for sure I never knew whether I'm an entrepreneur or a self-employed. And uh, I'm really, I'm really thankful, thankful for the work you're doing. It's amazing. I can tell for sure that in the last few weeks, I can, I'm, I'm, bl- I'm blank. I, I've listened to you for the last few weeks, and I've been learning, and I'm learning a lot. Thank you very much. You're blessed. Be blessed, sir. It's time to take your seat at the table. Find out how with Vosi Tembeguayo as we discuss ideas that matter. A catalyst for bold action. Hello, family, and welcome to another episode of the VT Podcast. And here we talk about ideas that matter. That was my brother, Joseph. Now, that name makes its way into the Bible, Joseph, but we ain't going to talk about that technical dream cook now. We're just going to move on from it. We're going to let that be what it is. Let that be what it is. And Joseph joins us from the beautiful country of Kenya. Jumbo, Joseph, and thank you so much for those kind words. I love the way Kenyans say entrepreneur. They, you guys sound it out. I am entrepreneur, right? Because that's how you guys speak. Qua ground, qua ground. <laughs> thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you so much. Joseph shares his thoughts, and I'm, I'm so glad, Joseph, that there are elements of the VT podcast that's added value to your process, to your life, and to your journey as an entrepreneur. Guys, please don't forget, we love hearing from you. We love the feedback. I love the feedback. So jealously, please send us text notes, voice notes. Hit me up on social media. Send something. We're trying to hear from you guys. And we love hearing from you guys from all over the world as you send us your testimonials and feedback about which element of the VT podcast has worked for you and at which stage of your journey and of your life. Right. This week then, getting right into it, right, this week, I want to talk a bit about the science of money. The science of money. One of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn, and that I don't say hyperbolously, I literally mean it, was that money has a science to it. 
See, I always thought that money was like this big mystique thing, right? Like it was surrounded by some cloud of mystery and with elements of, I don't know, mystique and beliefs and a whole host of like, I don't know, dark secrets somewhere. It took me a long time to learn that money has a science. What does having a science mean? It means that it follows a methodologically proven process, and that if you follow the method and the process, the outcome is predetermined. So the question then becomes, what is the method and what is the process? Most of us focus ourselves and our time on the outcome. This is important, by the way. We focus the outcome because it's immeasurable. It's easy to see. So-and-so has X amount of money. So-and-so's life has improved in this way. So-and-so drives this car. So-and-so flies private. So-and-so lives in that part of town. So-and-so takes X number of holidays. So-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. But what you're focusing on is the outcome. You're not focusing on the method, nor are you focusing on the process. What you and I have to work out then, if we want the outcome, is what's the method and what's the process? Because money has a science. Today I want to bring to you what it is that I believe is the science of money. Today I want to share with you the lessons that I have learned about money. And today, I hope as I bring this to you about the science of money, you realize that a lot of the myths and mythologies that you have about money, a lot of the misconceptions and ideas that you have about money are exactly that. Myths, misconceptions, bad ideas, and poorly tested ideology. The first thing you need to learn about money, friends, is that money has a language. Just like you and I today, are conversing in English. Money has a language. And the language of money is value. That's the language of money. So, you cannot possess more money than you add value to society. You can't do it. And for those people who've possessed more money than they've added more value to society, they typically fall into one of three categories. The first category as is the age-old expression from the Shakespeare play, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and others have greatness thrust upon them. Those who have money without having the process and the maturation of earning money and possessing it are simply those about whom they were thrust into the space of having money, born into it, won the lottery or something like this, and they found themselves possessing access to copious amounts of money. That's not wealth. That's rich. And there is a difference. I'll come to it in a minute. So the first thing to learn is that money has a language, and the language of money is value. How much value are you adding? How do you know when you're adding value? It's quite simple. What do you do better than anybody else that other people need done? Often, what do you know more than anybody else that other people need to learn? Often. 
the minute you amplify the value that you bring, you attract into your space money because money gravitates towards spaces of higher value. The second thing you need to learn about the science of money is money by its very nature is accumulative. Money wants more money. So if you're looking to add more money to your life, become a higher value individual, and by becoming a higher value individual, showcase to people with money why their money will help them make more money. I think about something like the VT Club 100, the community of the VT Club 100 exists because the members of the VT Club 100 recognize that they're all doing well and they're all making decent amounts of money. But by belonging to the community of VT Club 100, they can amplify their value and earn more money. Money, therefore, is accumulative. Capital chases return. Money wants to accumulate. Think about yourself. When you have money in your pocket, what's your natural proclivity? To have more money. When you get a promotion, what's your natural proclivity? To want to earn more money, right? Like as you improve your skill set, your knowledge base, yourself, you want more money. As you're adding value, you want to accumulate money. Money, therefore, one, requires that you add more value, and two, that you present it with opportunities to accumulate. The third thing about the science of money. Money is only attracted to people who are packaging themselves like money. Packaging yourself like money. I'm almost certain that what I'm going to say next is going to offend a few people. So, family, let's do the following. If you're still listening to this podcast, don't share this part with anybody. <laughs> I'm almost sure I'm going to say something right now that's going to offend a few people, but it is true. The next thing you need to learn about money is the following. Money has a particular packaging. It comes in a certain box. It wears certain colors. It dresses a particular way. It smells a certain way. It speaks and moves in a particular way. That's the nature of money. For those of us, and for those of you who've seen those people that wear that massive shirt that's got Gucci written at the front, with the big Louis Vuitton belt, with the big LV clip on the front of the belt, those terrible sketched skinny jeans with those pointy shoes and that phenomenally ugly collar with 15 buttons at the top. That's not the way money packages itself. Can I ask you guys a question? Who's the chief designer at Gucci? Who's the CEO? Huh. Have you ever seen... Bernard, the CEO and patriarch, is it matriarch? Patriarch of LVMH. Have you ever seen how he dresses? You ever notice how demure he's dressed? Always classic attire, suit and tie, nothing ever loud. How come is it the guy that runs Louis Vuitton Moen, Moet Hennessy, LVMH, dresses in a demure way, 
but you're buying an LV belt to show it off and sparkle. How come the owner dresses in one way and the consumer another? It's because the owner has money. So he dresses like money. He's packaged like money. He moves like money. He talks like money. So how does money package itself? First, money is quiet. Money isn't loud. It doesn't seek attention. Frankly, money doesn't like drawing attention to itself. It shies away from it. Second, money prefers to move behind the scenes. It doesn't like being front of house. It pretends to like it, but it really doesn't like it. It prefers rather to move behind the scenes and leverage the talents of other people who are better at playing front of house. Third, money is always in solids. Solid colors, solid conversations, solid knowledge, solid ideas, solid relationships. Money doesn't move in things that are ephemeral. It doesn't hang out with people that are, have no value to add. It doesn't hang out with people that are just gossiping about others all the time. That's not what money does. Money is in solids. It only situates itself in spaces where firm things own firm things. Money moves in solids. The fourth thing about the science of money. Money understands the nature of capital. And the nature of capital is this. I learned this, um, I started thinking about this actually when I was preparing for a keynote that I was doing the other day. And here's one of the things I learned. I learned, crazy this thought, but listen to this, that there are fundamentally, if you think about it, three ways, really, to make substantial amounts of money. The first is to invent something and then own the thing that you've invented. So if you think about it then, if you are an Elon Musk who's invented something or owns a patent upon which he's built something that he's invented, right? Or if you've innovated something and own the patent of innovation, basically coming up with something new and owning it is the first way of accumulating serious amounts of capital. But to do that, that's the genius quadrant. That is rare and hard to find. These are the people you can name on a literally a first name basis. If I say, Jeff, you think Bezos. I say, Mark, you think Zuckerberg. I say, Jack, you think Dorsey. I say, Elon, you say Musk. I say, Richard, you say Branson. I say, I don't know, Steve, you say Jobs. I say, Bill, you say Gates. Do you see where I'm going with this? I give you a first name and you know exactly what it means. I say, Aliko, you say Tangote. I say, Strive, you say Masiyua. You get the point that I'm making, right? That is the genius quadrant of capital. Very, very hard. 99% of people will never achieve it. The second, a bit more people have the opportunity for it, but it's still not open to the general public. That is the realm of talent fluidly migrating to specialized skill. That's the realm of a young boy from a township in the eastern rand part of South Africa identifying this talent of public speaking and rising to be the number one public speaker in the world. Do you get it?
That's the realm of a young group of sisters whose father is insistent that he's going to teach them and keep them on the tennis court and convert them to the most dominant female tennis players of our time, Serena and Venus. That's the realm of this little boy who's raised by a father who is insistent that he's going to be the greatest golfer of his generation, Tiger Woods. That's the realm of Sue and the most dominant soccer player perhaps alive today, Ronaldo. 16 years old, first time he appears at the World Cup, 2002, I think it was, where he played alongside Figo. See, talent converting itself to specialized skill at a specialized skill level attracts money. But both of these guys are a lottery. It's the lottery of genes, the lottery of luck, the lottery of time, the lottery of identifying the skill, the lottery of access to the right coaching, training, and mentorship, the lottery to the grit to stick it out, the lottery to making it through a system that funnels you from a group to a smaller group, a smaller group, and then eventually an elite group that competes in the world. That whole system, both the genius and extreme talent and skill, both of those are lottery. The third way to make money which is how money moves, is what most people do, or at the very least, what most people should do. What do they do? Simple. They find people who've built a system of money accumulation, and they put their money in the hands of those people. If you think about what you do when you go to work, you go to work and you get a job, and in your job you get a paid a salary and a wage, and the government says a certain amount of your money must be set aside for your savings. They take this money in your savings, they call it a pension fund. They put it in a fund that is going to be available for you at the instance of retiring. They know, though, that the value of the money must grow so that when you retire it can pay, adjusted for the risk of inflation, the price and the buying power of your money must meet the demands of your retirement at the date of your retirement. Which means, the money as you set it aside must accumulate in value. Now, how does it accumulate in value? Well, the pension fund finds a group of people who have ideas and it gives them that money. They call them asset managers or stockbrokers. They say to them, here is $100 million of our pensioners' money. Would you invest it somewhere so that this money can accumulate value? By the time that our participants and our beneficiaries become pensioners and the pensions become due, we can pay them a pension that is going to be equal to the amount they need to live at that future date. What does the asset manager do? He develops an investment thesis, an idea thesis. He takes the money and he invests it following that thesis. Basically, he has the ideas around capital accumulation and the world backing those ideas. The world's most famous investor today, Warren Buffett, what does he have? A book of ideas. And he invests following those ideas and is proven that investing following those ideas generates a return. So people invest with him. Ray Dalio of Bridgewater, albeit Bridgewater's not doing well at the moment, but Ray Dalio of Bridgewater, right? What is he worth now? $20 billion or something of the sort? I mean, that's the GDP of many small countries, right? Ray Dalio, what's Bridgewater? It's a house with ideas. 
and people back those ideas. Carl Icahn, a house with ideas, and people back those ideas. The guy I don't like, Bill Ackman, a house with ideas, and people back those ideas. You Garrett? If you don't Garrett, forget about it. So the point then is that money moves like this. Why am I telling you these things? Because almost all of you listening to the VT podcast are listening to the VT podcast not only to become better human beings, but also to become human beings that are living better. It's not just about being a better quality person. It's also about living a better quality life. And I don't know how to tell you this without sounding um, materialistic. But the quality of your life is influenced in part by your ability to make your money work for you. It would be remiss of us at the VT Podcast to talk about all of these ideas that matter, submarining and internal stories and all of this, and not talk about the single most important element of what brings peace to your life, let's be honest. In the 21st century, it's money. Money buys you peace of mind. Money buys you health care. Money buys you food. Money buys you a fairly decent quality of life. Money buys you travel, experiences, and exposure. Money sends your kids to the best schools. Money does that. Demonizing money, in my mind, is ridiculous because you will never acquire that which you demonize. You have to understand the science of money. And these, as I've shared them with you here today, are the science of money. Quiet, still, demure, sophisticated, present, but not available. And most importantly, understands where on these three quadrants it sits and plays the game that is natural to its abilities. That, my friend, that's our podcast for this week. The Science of Money. I'd love to hear your money stories, so please send them all to us. I want, to, I want you to share with us the biggest mistakes you've ever made with money. I want to hear all about them. I want to hear the mistakes around the wrong relationships, the wrong assets, the, the biggest car you've ever bought, that expensive trip you took somewhere, that expensive piece of jewelry that made no sense. Tell us the biggest mistakes you've made with money, but also I'd love to hear about the biggest um, wins you've had with money. Where did you put it? How did you invest it? Who advised you? Was it a strategy? Was it luck? Was it science? Was it opportunity? What was it? I would love to hear from you guys and understand what's been your relationship with money. Thank you so much, friends and family. Make sure that you follow the VT podcast on all of the platforms, of course. Hit subscribe if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. And if you haven't yet, go and check out vtclub100.com. We're still taking on one or two more last members. And finally, make sure you go to vusitembeguire.com and find out all of the stuff I'm doing and where in the world I'm speaking and where we're traveling to. That, friends and family, that's our podcast for this week. From me, Vusitembeguire, and our partners at the studios in Sound and Sounds. Sayonara. We hope that you've drawn valuable lessons from this week's podcast. To partner with us, visit mygrowthfund.co.za or email info at mygrowthfund.co.za.